Howdy folks, and welcome back to another episode of Living the Dream Podcast with yours truly, Caitlin Flowers. Once again, please remember, if you haven't already, please subscribe to all social media accounts, all podcast streaming apps, all the podcast handles will be in the notes section of this episode for you. Listen, I'm excited to have this guest today to talk about a much-needed topic. Her name is Lene Belton. Um, she's from Morgan's Message, and we're just going to get right into it. Please share this episode if you're struggling, if you're battling mental health. This is for you. If you know somebody that is going through that right now, please share this with them. Y'all check it out. So we're just going to get right into it. Um, kind of just tell me about who you are. Um, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Uh, I really appreciate you taking out some time to do this with me. But yeah, just kind of tell us who you are. Yeah, thank you for having me, first and foremost. Um, and for anyone listening, thank you for listening. Uh, but my name is Lene Bolton. I am from Clinton, Maryland, born and raised. Um, I went to high school here in Maryland, and I started playing basketball around the age of 12. And then... Um, after high school, I ended up playing basketball at Duke um, University for four years. Uh, my last year, I did sit out due to injuries, sat out the entire year. But throughout my whole time there, I kind of battled injuries and mental health um, battles and everything, but mostly my injuries. I had eight surgeries while I was there. And so my fourth year, I was, I was like, I think it's time for me to support my teammates from the sideline and everything. Yeah, you had eight surgeries? Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, I had four knees, one hip, a shoulder, and then a foot and ankle. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, so like when you go into the airport, you're like going off. <laughs> Surprisingly, I'm not. The first time okay. when I had my first knee one, I thought I was. They were like, "Oh yeah, we put some metal in your butt." I'm like, "Oh shoot." I was like, "They're gonna be patting me down." And be yeah. like, "Um, man, she got in there." <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Well. Thank you for kind of sharing that. We're just going to like just get right into it. I originally reached out to Morgan's message um, to kind of get in touch with somebody who can like just share their story, um, mm-hmm. you know, because I know this month, May is like Mental Health Awareness Month, and I've been seeing recently just this large trend of athletes committing suicide or just telling their story. Um, so can you like kind of tell us a little bit about Morgan's message for those who don't know what that is? Yeah, so Morgan's Message is a nonprofit organization, and it was started due to, um, she wasn't my classmate, but we went to Duke together. She was, um, she was younger than me. Her name was Morgan Rogers. Um, she ended up dying by suicide, I believe in 2015, no, I'm sorry, sorry, 2019, I believe. Um, sorry, I'm thinking about when I graduated yeah. and I graduated high school in 2014. So yeah. <laughs> wrong school. Yeah. Um, and her family and her friends created the nonprofit to try to wear, to try and um, raise awareness for mental health, especially in athletes and try to reach the target audience. And it's really, it's grown. Uh, we have, Ooh, I don't know how many ambassadors we have on campuses. And how many campuses we have all in together but um it's growing all across the u.s um and all the ambassadors are doing their thing and creating awareness and uh, having discussions um every month if if that or maybe every other month because you know athletes are yeah. busy and everything but 
they're just trying to do their part and trying to make the world a better place yeah yeah i definitely love that so how has like morgan's message like helped you in your journey morgan's message has helped me um mostly because I I knew Morgan. Uh, we weren't close or anything, but because of that, the athlete world is a small world at yeah. Duke. And so we knew of each other. We would be at parties and gatherings together and everything. And so to see someone that I thought was happy um, take her life, it, it it touched me because it's just like you, you never know what someone's going through. Yeah. And so I am very grateful that the organization is created. I hate the way that the reason that it's created for and everything. I wish Morgan was still here, yeah. but it just, I've always tried to reason that you never know what anyone's going through and to be kind no matter what, but that just, it kind of made it even more real for me. Yeah. 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 I really, I really appreciate it. I see like all the messages from different athletes um, every day. Um, I was a graduate assistant at Texas Women's University. One of the players actually shared it. Um, and she kind of, after she shared that, she shared her story and the things that she was mm -hmm. going through. Um, so she was like, kind of talked to me about, this has like helped me to be able to just speak about it. Um, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Morgan's message has done a phenomenal job in the athlete world to just create a space, you know, a space for us. Um, so yeah, let's, let's talk about like your journey being an athlete, like on a collegiate level. Some people, they don't understand that that's like a, a job, um, <laughs> that is a full-time package deal. Like, yeah, you do not know what you're signing up for until you get there. Um, I didn't know. I, was yeah. signing up for. <laughs> I swear <laughs> I did not know. I swear when I first got my, uh, we went, we had conditioning and <laughs> We had to do like stairs. We had like all these suicides on a football field. I called my grandma. I said, <laughs> I don't know what I just did. I just signed my soul over. Can I come home? She's like, yeah, what are you gonna come home and do? I'm like, sleep. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Like, you do not know what you sign yourself up for until you get there. Um, so kind of just talk to us about like your college experience, you know, playing basketball, um, things like that. Yeah, so in high school, I was a, I, I hate talking about this because I'm not a boastful person. Yeah. Um, but realistically, like, I was a really good player in high school. Um, I was top 10 in my class out yeah. of everyone in the U.S. I was McDonald's All-American. Okay. And so, and I'm saying this so people understand and try to put themselves in my shoes. So, yeah. thought this great athlete walking into college. I'm not thinking it's going to be, it's not, it's not going to be easy for me, but I can do it. Right. Like you said, first day, we doing all these conditioning and all this other stuff. And I was like, what all-American was <laughs> job recruit because she is not here. Right. And so my first summer, I when I first got there, like most freshmen do, you struggle. And I adapted. Um, I ended up creating great bonds with my teammates and everything. Um, but it was, it was a lot of pressure. Um, you have family calling, friends calling like, oh, I got to come to a season and I'm like, or I come to a game. I'm like, I don't want you to come to the game. Cause what if I don't play? Like my playing time yeah. isn't, isn't guaranteed like it was in high school. And so yeah. you have, and then my games are television televised. So if they don't come, they're going to see it on TV. Yeah. And so with that pressure, I tried to do the best that I could, but in some 
and some drills and some conditioning, like the best that I could was not enough. And so for, for someone who, who only as an 18 year old young woman, only thing I knew was basketball at that time. Um, I thought my purpose was basketball. Like I grew up and I missed out and granted I started playing at 12. So technically I was kind of late to the game. Right. Right. (laughs) So, and so from 12 until 18, it was basketball, basketball, basketball in the gym, working out on the weekends, um, missing friends, social gatherings, everything for basketball. Yeah. And so when you, when I get to college and I'm having a hard time to, to adapt and to adjust to a game that I've played most of my life, it was kind of like my purpose is gone. Yeah. Um, and I, once I started to finally get the hang of things, I tore my ACL. Yeah. And so it's like, I built up my courage, my strength, my, my everything to, to get to, to get to this, this awesome game that I had, I had a career high for my freshman year and the last like 45 seconds, I tore my ACL. So it's just like, what is the point? Right. And so as I was, as I was trying to recover from my injury, there was outside distractions that were happening for me that I just, I hit rock bottom my, my freshman year. Um, and so, um, I don't know how deep you want me to get into it or anything, but it's free space. However you want to go. Yeah. Um, so more about my freshman year, I'm trying to rehab. I'm not seeing any progress on my end. Um, I'm getting told that I'm not doing enough. And so it's just constant, constant negativity in my eyes they're trying to push me but i just see this negativity right i'm not practice with my teammates so i'm missing out on the inside jokes and everything and honestly like i felt alone yeah um and we went to the ncaa tournament we went to the sweet 16 and it was in spokane washington um and i i remember two things from that trip we went to we took a a team picture outside of like our team bus we went out to something to eat and then I remember me trying to um attempt to to overdose uh before the day we came back to North Carolina Mm -hmm. after our loss and like my we we played two games there I think if not I know we played one I can't remember we played two or not but my mind was not there like my body was there, but I just felt so disconnected from the game, from my teammates, from anyone that was around me. Like I just wasn't there. First of all, thank you for opening, saying that and opening up. Um, it's hard. Like people don't understand it. I know I was like 14 hours away because I went to school in Missouri. Um, mm-hmm. I was 14 hours away. I did not know anybody. All I knew was basketball. Like right. having this feeling of like. I was not enough, you know, like so many things were just, it just felt like just compartmentalized. Everything was just piling up. Um, so I definitely, I can understand, you know, how stressful and hard that was. So like, when did you like realize and say, Hey, I'm struggling mentally. And this is, this isn't just like an ordinary bad day. This is something, this is something heavier than that. So I actually first recognized that in high school, I was kind of, acting out and home and everything like I'm I'm a I'm a (laughs) 
if my parents are listening to this, I'm a great child. Right, right, right. <laughs> but during that time, I was doing things that, that wasn't me. Um, yeah. I ran away from home at one time. Yeah. I was backlashing at my parents over simple things. And so I knew that wasn't me. And I, I for context, I ran away because I didn't agree with with something that was going or going on and I disagreed with something my parents wanted me to do and I was like yeah. no but um so I I wrote a letter to my parents um after a night I got in trouble and I was like I think something is wrong and I need help yeah. and so my mom read it when she woke up because I put it on the kitchen countertop um like late at night so I wanted them to read it when they woke up and yeah. I wasn't here I was at school and so they read it we talked about it and they were like what do you want to do and I was like I think I need think I need to get help and so I started seeing a therapist um I started I kept the therapist going um while I was in college my my the beginning of my freshman year and I was put on medication I'm not sure if I was put on medication before I went to college or after okay. I can't remember but yeah um something that if you're listening right now I want you to know um you're trying to learn more about mental health is that just because you're on medication doesn't mean it's the right combination for you right and so I don't think I had the right the correct combination for me but I was under the impression of because I'm seeing a therapist because I'm taking medic medication like I'm going to get better everything's going to be okay right but I was feeling even worse than what I was than how I was feeling originally. I was, had no motivation to do anything. And so I I wasn't being truthful with my parents, yeah. with my therapist, with um, my, psycho my psychiatrist and everything. So that's when I first started to, to reach out. And then, um, and during my freshman year, I stopped seeing my therapist and my yeah. psychiatrist. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think perspective is like so huge, especially when, you're going through that and when like medicine starts to get involved um i had this conversation with my sister because she battles anxiety and things like that mm -hmm. um, and they put her on a low doses of you know medicine for that and i'm like i have to tell her like you're okay but also you're not crazy you know like yeah. it, it's okay for this to be your journey for your story um mm -hmm. i think um when people kind of see that especially in the black family household it's like yeah it's like oh no like, this, this, oh you know like you're not putting my baby you know like my baby's not right baby. you know it's like it's like it's okay like we can't like belittle it because in the, the day like like you said like yes it could help you you just never know um, mm -hmm. um based on like the combinations and things like that um so during that time what were you like missing from like your teammates from your coaches like just even from your family members and your friends like while you were going through all this like what was it that that you needed from them that you just like were not getting i would say my teammates were i can't put the blame i i know you're not trying to put the blame on yeah. them and i i'm not trying to say that you are yeah i wasn't being honest with them for them to know that I, that i was missing something is what i'm trying to say yeah yeah. And so I think if anything, they were missing the honesty for me. Ooh. That was kind of deep, wasn't it? That's deep right there. Yeah. 
Yeah, that literally is like my like my next question. Like, talk to us about the importance of speaking up and just telling somebody. Like, mm-hmm. that is huge, you know. I would put on a brave face every day. I would go to rehab. I would go to practice. I would go to class, and I would have a smile on my face and trying to be there for others. But I really needed someone to be there for me. My yeah. parents would call me. My sister would call me, ask me how I was doing. I would tell them I was doing great. Right, but. I was struggling so bad. My parents would come to games. Um, even when I wasn't playing, yeah. they would they would come to North Carolina. They came all the way to Connecticut one uh, my hey. freshman year to see play. My teammates were the most supportive things ever, trying to yeah. get me back in practice and everything. So, in a perfect in a perfect world, every everything was great yeah. on the outside. Um, I had a great support system, yeah. friends, family, everything. But I, it was, it was, I wasn't being truthful with them. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's so important. And I think that's literally the step that we all, people who are battling with mental health, they just, they just miss. And it's like, if you could just tell somebody, you know, mm-hmm. the, the right people, let me say that. Cause sometimes, yeah. you know, you tell yeah. people, they're like, oh, you're fine. Like they just brush it off. No, mm-hmm. especially if it's something like really serious, like you have guys to like open up and it's okay to be vulnerable. Like, yeah, it, it's okay. If you have a brain, you have mental health. <laughs> like if you get mad, you have mental health. Like if something ticks you off, you have it. Like you're exactly. nervous. You know, you can be nervous driving down the street, like whatever it is. Like you're a parent, you're nervous for your kids, you know, whatever it is, like everybody battles with it on different levels but i think like we just need to talk about it like and it's okay mm-hmm. um, it's something i've always like always wonder especially now you know like looking into like the sports world where are like coaches like dropping the ball at you know like where is that disconnect with their athletes at like why is that so why is there such a big disconnect right now with um athletes and just them just seeing what their athletes are going through. No, I, I, I've been trying to figure this out, especially with all the recent deaths that we had, um, just this year. Yeah. Um, but from the outside looking in and being in certain positions with different coaches and hearing different teammates experiences throughout high school and college, I think that coaches don't take the time to get to know their players. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying like, you need to know every detail about them, but at some point you agree to coach, um, a young adult and coaching goes more into coaching is more than just coaching. It's mentoring. It's helping them with life decisions that you don't even know that's going to come up yet. Like I, I am so grateful that I was an athlete most of my life because it's helped me in the workforce so, so often. Like, so often. There's a boss I don't like. I've had a coach I don't like. I know how to yeah. respond. If if I need to be on a team to help complete a pa- complete a task, I know how to man I know how to manage within my team and everything. Yeah. And so you're teaching life lessons while you're coaching and you 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 don't know this the player doesn't know this the coach doesn't know this at the time but they're going to come back and they're going to revisit these certain moments that you've had with them yeah and so i think the closer you are with your players and granted like there has to be boundaries and everything you you still have to keep the coach player relationship for sure um 
but there there needs to be at least one person that they feel comfortable talking to because at times like things can get really bad for athletes and if they feel like they're alone it can yeah could be what has been happening this year with the with the deaths and everything yeah yeah i definitely agree with that um i feel like if because i've coached um like little leagues basketball teams um but I've also like obviously been under a lot of coaches, good and bad. Um, right. But but one coach that I've had, my college coach before he had left my sophomore year. Um, I think Houston, we got a real bad storm. Um, family was hit, you know, everybody was hit pretty bad. And obviously I was always homesick. I, I don't think I ever got unhomesick until like my senior year. Like I always wanted to come <laughs> home. I don't know. I'm just a big baby. I just wanted to come home. You know, but you know, I was here and you know he one thing he like asked me which like genuinely like made me feel like okay this dude cares about me beyond me dribbling mm-hmm. basketball he's like hey you're from houston right i'm like yeah he's like yeah i heard about the storm how's your family is there like do we need to send something down there like he was on top of it and i just like we just broke down in tears like even though my family was okay but it was like right. i was not okay like i was worried obviously worried about them like wanting to be home um so that part like really showed me that he cared and it could just be as simple as just asking your players how are you right put the ball down yeah i feel like a lot of players are as soon as you cross that that baseline whatever you have going on outside of outside of your sport it has to leave like and so i'm trying to keep composure and not break down in practice yeah while dribbling this ball but the whole time i'm thinking about a breakup i just had literally or my dog passing like something something that that's non-basketball related and so the fact that somebody cares to ask me about these things it it means a lot to me yeah 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 it it goes a long way just literally just asking me how am i doing beyond this court stuff mm-hmm. because at the end of the day this this ball's gonna be gone like i've i've told me and my friends right. that i'm like at the end of the day basketball is basketball it's gonna be there but and it's gonna go away like we have to like genuinely just take care of ourselves um but like obviously you're a big advocate for mental health so kind of tell me like what are some things that you've been able to learn and implement um in your life to help you deal and just balance emotions and something that you might be going through on a daily basis yeah so for me, boundaries is a huge, huge thing. And I think um, at one, not just one time, I uh, multiple times, I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I get so overwhelmed with trying to be there for, like I said, I was there for everyone else in college, but there was no one there for me. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not necessarily saying that I need someone to be by my side when things get worse to for when things get bad but i need to recharge for myself i need to to get my self-care together so i can recharge and if someone does ask me what's wrong i can talk about it without potentially having a crazy breakdown or something but i know that you're there for me i'm here for me as well yeah and so something that i started doing in college i don't do it as much as much right now just because um just because I working and schedules are a little different yeah. right now. So in college, 
Friday nights would be my time where I did not talk to anyone. Okay. I I didn't watch TV during the week because of basketball and yeah. homework and everything. And so Friday nights, I would watch most of my shows that I missed throughout the week. Wow. I would order my favorite food. And I would just, like, my mom knew not to call me. Like, <laughs> I will talk to you Saturday morning. I am fine. <laughs> but when I'm out of practice, I'm going home. Yeah. The delivery guy is on my... It got so bad, the delivery guy knew my dog's name. Like, <gasps> like <laughs> he was a regular... <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's what And so just setting boundaries for me, like in that way, when I know, like I know I'm going to have practice Saturday mornings yeah. or a game Sunday, Sunday, but I don't went Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Saturday, sun, Saturday, I'm right back at it. And so Friday was my way to recharge, reset, learn what I needed from my, for myself and for myself. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. right now, my schedule is a little hectic because of coaching and my full-time job and everything. And so I don't do it specifically on Fridays, but I try to make that on Sundays now where like, I sound like a 40 year old woman right now, but like grocery shopping is like the best thing for me. Like I love, I love going to the store and grocery shopping. And so Sundays is like my errands day. I go and like do whatever I need, but I don't do social activities. Yeah. On, on Sunday just so I can recharge and have time and time for myself and learn what I need for myself and also yeah. recharge for the week that's coming up and everything as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm big on that too. I, my days, I guess, will be on Sundays. I call it me time. It's just like <laughs> after I go to church on Sunday, I'm going to come home, take a nap maybe. Um, and then after I wake up, take a nap, and by that time it's like 5 o'clock. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do like a face routine. I'm just listening to music, you know, just all that stuff i'm like i need that just right like i just need to feel good by myself for myself oh my goodness i need that on a shirt i I got you yes i need that oh my goodness um before you go i definitely want to talk to you about your nonprofit. um because i studied nonprofit my undergrad that was that's my degrees i i love nonprofit. so kind of talk to us about your nonprofit and like what is your foundation yeah, so my foundation is called One of a Kind Foundation Incorporation, and I started this last year, um, and it's just really a way for me to share stories with the world about other people and their mental health crisis and how they overcame them and yeah. giving advice to people that are in similar situations as them um, and so they can get out of it as well. Um, there will be like more added to it, but... I've just been so busy that I'm just sharing stories on yeah. what you do, your podcast and everything. Yeah. And so that that's what it's been. I've had great, great speakers on it. Um, we haven't launched on Apple Music, Spotify yet, but you can find everything on the website, which is just one of a kind foundation.com, um, everything. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I really do. Um, so do you have like any specific goals this year that you're trying to achieve? For myself? Yeah, for your for your nonprofit. For my nonprofit. So yeah. I want to get like merchandise out there as far as like journals and everything so people can I for me I when thing when I start to feel myself getting overwhelmed, I like to journal okay. and to to get my thoughts out and everything. And yeah. so I wanna make journals for, for the foundation and get them out to people. 
Um, and then some of the proceeds will go to um, other nonprofits or mental health organizations and everything. So that's yeah. one goal that I have for me. And then I am currently wrapping up season two. So I just need to get some more um, speakers and everything for season three. So okay. if you, if you're, if you're open to it, I'm let down. me know. <laughs> I am down. You, we're going to talk after this. And yeah, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, I love that for you. Um, sign me up wherever I can help. I would, I would definitely, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm down for that. Um, the last you. thing. Um, yeah. If you had any, if you have to say anything to like an athlete right now that's like battling depression, anxiety, that's suicidal thoughts, you know, that's just in the dumps, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. rock bottom. Um, what would you say to the athlete right now? We need you right now. Um, something I forgot to say about why one of a kind is called one of a kind is because there's only one you in the world, and the world needs you. And so. That would be something that I would talk to, that I would say to somebody that was struggling right now to keep pushing so that you can still be on this earth. And there's so, so much to life and so much you haven't experienced. And I, I want you to experience that. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for that. I want to thank you for being on here uh, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for being open, um, telling your story uh, and just showing us being a human being and what that looks like. Um, before you were an athlete, before you were anything else. Um, definitely want to do this again. We definitely are. Um, but, yeah, I appreciate you so much uh, for being on here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you to everyone. Like I said, thank you for listening and giving me a, a, a chance to share my story. Of course. I appreciate you so much. All right, guys, let's wrap this up and head for home base. Once again, please follow, subscribe, download, turn on the notifications for all social media platforms. They will be posted below. Listen, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Send me an email, leave a review, tell me what you liked about it. And you already know, I want you to be impacted so you can go be impactful. I love you. God loves you. And that's all that matters. Until next time, folks. Peace.